Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris. This is a super short episode on masks. I, I actually have not done, it's still coming, my big episode on masks. Uh, and uh, I'm going to argue these points more fully. I might add some more points. Um, we're going to talk about uh, lockdowns as well. It's not just masks. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of things kind of running together here. Um, but, you know, here's, here's the deal. There's, there's some people who have sent me this article from the Gospel Coalition. At least one person sent this one to me. But some other people have asked me, would you comment on the masks, John? I mean, I'm being clobbered over here. People are telling me i got to love my neighbor, so I, I have to have a mask. And, um, and some people don't want to wear a mask. Some people, I realize there's, there's an array of opinions on this. And I'll, I'm just going to straight up give you mine. I'm not going to fool around. Um, I don't like wearing masks. <laughs> I don't think many people do. Uh, but I don't think it does a whole lot of good. In fact, I think on a macro level, it actually, the, the studies that I keep seeing seem to suggest that it actually um, makes it worse, especially the way people are using cloth masks over and over. And um, it can, I know my mom's had uh, issues uh, even with uh, having styes, you know, in her eyes, those kinds of things. A lot of people are having that issue because the bacteria from your mouth now, uh, the mask, you know, depending on how you wear it, it's hard to get a seal over your nose. So it's going right into your eyelid. And, and I, I just, I don't think that the, this crisis merits a, it's not the mask itself that's the problem, but the mandate that every single person must wear a mask in many states. Uh, they are required to wear a mask. Um, again, I have no problem with businesses making decisions for what happens on their private property. If they want to do that, that's fine. Uh, and I will comply with that. I don't want to get businesses in trouble. Uh, but I, I, I am not, I don't think this is a good thing for society at all. Uh, I think that it is an opportunity to make people uh, do what, what, um, government wants them to do and follow the leader so the next time they'll follow the leader it sets a precedent uh and and there's just a you know there's there's a few things i think philosophical things underlying this whole it's not just the mass but everything else that's going with this uh this you know drastic these drastic measures taken against uh the possibility of contracting covid which has a phenomenally um you know high success rate as far as living. I mean, it's the death rate is very low. And if you're in some demographics, uh, like the demographic that I'm in, it's it's virtually, you know, you, you have hardly a risk. But yet we're changing our whole entire way of life. Traditions uh, in, in our culture that have been a mainstay for years are going out the window. I'm talking about legal tradition. Um, the understanding of the relationship of the state to other uh aspects of society like the church, like uh, business. Um, so I, I don't think this is a good thing. And I think it reveals, though, something about us that we supremely value the self, that we really do look at dying physically as the, just the worst possible thing that could ever happen. And this is, I think, a big change. Uh, Christians did not always view things that way. And especially those affected by Christianity in the West, they didn't view things that way. There were actually things that were more important than even living. And some of those things actually are the ability to have a business, run a business, make a living, have the dignity of work, have your children have that dignity. These are, and, and I do feel that way. I know people have been made fun of for this, but uh, I do believe that there are some things worth dying for. And I don't think, I, I'm not threatened by COVID, but I do think that 
we have a responsibility to take care of our families. Working is one of those things. That's the way we do it. That's the way God's ordained for us to do it. Post-curse, post-fall, that's how we do it. And government doesn't have the right to step in and say you can't do that. Um, and, and, and this is a wholesale, you can't do that. This is a wholesale, you must shut down your business. Make no mistake, this isn't uh, cutting around the edges. You know, there's certain things that are dangerous that the government wants to come in and regulate. We can talk about that. This is, this is, a, this is ultimate totalitarian power that the government is grabbing here in some of these places. And, uh, and that, that is how I feel about it. I'm just telling you right now. And I think it's, the, it's a self-worship that this body this, that you have, that's the most important thing. Um, and, and using that fear of losing that, you know, crying out to, 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 to the gods, government, right? To the gods, to do anything possible, move mountains, you know, sell our souls to China if we need to. Uh, just make sure that we survive this pandemic. And of course, the government's doing thing, all the wrong things, uh, just about. So that's how, I'm just giving you straight up what I think. Uh, I'm going to, and I don't have a problem if someone wants to wear a mask again. Masks are not the issue. It's the principles behind it. It's the mandate. It's the, the idea that the government has the authority. And specifically, governors without the backing of actual laws in the legislature, executed by executive order, have uh, the um, constitutional right in their states to do this kind of thing. That's the, that's the problem. So uh, here's the Gospel Coalition article. Four reasons to wear a mask, even if you hate it even if you hate it, by Brent McCracken. And I'm just going to skip ahead to the reasons. I'm going to read you the reasons. I'm not going to read the whole thing here. Uh, you can kind of guess probably what it says. To love your neighbor. Loving your neighbor. Um, so <laughs> he actually says, I'm frustrated that the science on master and COVID-19 has been inconsistent. It's maddening. Uh, the consensus is emerging that wearing masks does slow this virus. That's, that's, what consensus? What are we talking about? I haven't seen a study yet. That, that shows this. Um, and of course, now that we're having, since this article, this second or third, whatever it is, wave, uh, did, did the masks and lockdowns really help? Um, for Christians calling to love your neighbors as yourself, wearing a mask in public, particularly indoor spaces, uh, seems like a relatively easy way to practice. So it's so easy. That's, that's what you hear. So what's the big deal? Well, if, if it's not a big deal, then why are you making it a big deal? The big deal is accepting the totalitarian foot in the door. That's the big deal. Uh, number two, to respect authority. Okay, so I, I should say why I reject to love your neighbor uh, before I go on here. Um, question, is it loving your neighbor to engage in a lie with them? If this is true, and this is hypothetical, I haven't argued this whole point yet, but is it, is it, engage, is it loving your neighbor to engage in a lie, to give them a false hope that this cloth over their nose and, and mouth is going to protect them, when in fact, it probably won't. It, it may even make the chances of them um, contracting this virus worse. Is that a loving thing to do, to engage in that? Uh, is it a loving thing to do to set the precedent for your neighbor that, it's, uh, th that the government has this authority? The governors uh, who are despotic, who aren't even passing laws to get this through, uh, just have the authority willy-nilly to tell you how you can live your life down to this minute detail. I mean, at least with seatbelt laws there, which, which, I mean, I, I'm, I don't think those are the greatest idea. And I can give you an example actually from the other day when I had to unbuckle my seatbelt cause I might've had to jump out real quick. I've been in a situation like that before. Um, 
I don't think seatbelt laws, I mean, I had to break the law then temporarily, right? But it was for my own safety. Uh, I don't, I'm not even for that. But that, I could argue for that better than this. And one of the reasons is because they had the decency to pass laws. Uh, but this is said, this is a whole new precedent. And it's it's playing off fear and these emergency powers. And I just don't know that it's lo- it, loving your neighbor to engage in a lie and to let the totalitarian foot in the door. That is... Uh, threatening your neighbor, threatening the same power that is telling you to put on a mask is telling you your neighbor to shut down their business so they can't feed their family. Is it loving your neighbor to force them and require the government to force everyone to wear a mask in your presence? Or could you just avoid them? Make make sure you're the one that's making the sacrifice so as not to, um, maybe, maybe their conviction is, is actually more dangerous with the mask. Uh, there are studies that suggest that. So, which which one is it? Uh, I mean, this is kind of. Um, I mean, if you if you, I'm not knocking someone who wants to do this for loving your neighbor, but I'm saying these other questions have not been asked. It's just assumed that that's the, the loving your neighbor. Uh, meanwhile, though, you have um, a situation in which civil liberties are being lost, businesses are being crushed, family livelihoods that have been there sometimes businesses for uh, in the family for years and years are gone. Um, you have a government that is taking on more of a welfare state mentality. That's becoming, uh, I mean, the precedent we set with sending out those checks, that relief package. I mean, oh, goodness. The people that are my age and younger are going to think that the government can just print money now. I mean, we, we are, there's so many things that we're changing. We're upending that we, we just can't go back. And, um, and I, I do see them as all connected. You don't see in scripture uh, the quarantining of healthy people. And this isn't something that's been done, not for this length of time and not with these consequences, not at this scale ever. And so the the concern uh, is the same concern I brought up with social justice uh, advocates, where they will go to a principle in scripture like love or justice, and they smuggle in all this other stuff, and they don't go to the specifics. What does it look like to love neighbor. Well, it means to tell the truth. That's one of the things it means. Uh, It means to value things other than just your neighbor's life. Your neighbor is more than just a physical being. There's other things going on there as well. And there's other, um, there's, there's other considerations to be made. Uh, Civil liberties matter. Uh, The, what the kind of world their children are going to grow up in matters. That, that gets factored into loving neighbor. And then what does the scripture say specifically about how to deal with an illness, and it's quarantining the people who are, uh, and it's not in every illness, but in certain illnesses, it's quarantining people who are sick, not the entire healthy population. So you, you, you going to Matthew uh, twenty-two thirty-nine to try to prove that loving your neighbor means um, wearing a mask. That's just, you, you know, okay, well, if that's your motive in doing it, then okay, but I, I would encourage you, think through this more. There's a lot of other things going on. And there's a reason this has become such a seismic, uh, uh, the, the battle lines have been drawn uh, around this seismic um, uh, crack, so to speak, uh, this this fault line. So <clears throat> it's much more than the masks. Uh, to respect authorities, that's the other reason you should wear masks, to respect authorities. Romans 13, of course, and we've been over this so many times. Um Again, I think I've already answered this one kind of, uh, you know, is it, what about unlawful authority? If the biggest bully comes into town 
and tells you uh, to jump off a bridge, obviously, you know, it's the one your parents always say when you go, well, hey, if Tommy told you to jump off a bridge, would you do it? Well, no. Um, <laughs> of course not. Just because might doesn't make right. And, you know, what other things, uh, what, what if the authorities told you uh, that you need to um, make sure that you wear sunscreen? Because you get skin cancer and it costs the public health system money and, uh, you know, who knows, uh, it just takes resources away from other people and, you know, you could actually die if you let it go too far. And what about your children? And, you know, loving, loving neighbor means you've got to uh, put on sunscreen and uh, wear a hat. And authorities are requiring this because of the damage the sun can cause. Uh, I mean, you could look, there's so many things. Uh, what, what's the government going to require next? Is, you know, is it going to be your mom? You know, go put on a jacket when you go outside. You must, if the temperature falls between a certain level, you must have a jacket on. Here's the... The, the thing that I think adults in this country used to understand, there was cost uh, risk assessment. Co you, you do a cost benefit analysis, but you, you, you do some risk assessment and you figure out, okay, I'm an adult. I can make a decision on this. Um, it was within my lifetime that I saw a lot of states start doing the seatbelt thing and requiring bike helmets and stuff. And do they save a lot? They probably do. Um, I, like I said, I can think of examples where I was glad that I could get my seatbelt off real quick. But is this in the purview of the government to force this kind of thing? Or um, is this something that adults can do themselves? Is this something that we're capable of? We're setting ourselves up for the nanny state on everything if we make this something that's mandated. So to respect authorities, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's a legitimate authority here. Not that I've seen. Not, not according to the American legal system, not in the states that I've been in. There's no authority for the government to, uh, the governor, to require everyone to wear a mask. Um, and there's other things I could say. I could expand on that, I guess, a little bit. But I, I, my thoughts aren't fully formed, uh, and I, I want to hold off on, um, you know, what if a law was passed by the legislature? That hasn't happened to my knowledge, but um, that's something that I will, I'll, most likely answer in a later video. That's not where we are though right now. I'm just giving you the raw, here's where John's at, practically speaking right this second. Number three, to honor the weak in our midst, Romans 14. Uh, mask wearing has sadly become divisive in churches where masks are not mandatory. Some churchgoers will wear them, some won't. Predictably, the group will start assuming the worst about each other. That uh, Okay, uh, Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 8, Paul argues that in matters of freedom is important that the stronger Christians don't flaunt their freedom in ways that become stumbling blocks to the weak. When I'm, okay, so they're assigning the mask wearer is the weaker brother in this case. Uh, it, I guess as a conscience issue, um, but that's okay, let them wear their masks. But if they enter a church and they're stronger brothers, the mask wearer naturally feels pressure to remove it. Well, that the pressure, honestly, guys, has worked in the, the opposite direction. You know, this is so interesting how they come about this. The pressure is to wear the mask most often. Not everywhere I go in public, just about. Uh, the pressure, if there is any pressure, usually there's not. Uh, if it's if it's in church, there's not. But if there is pressure, it's, it's to wear the mask, depending on what state you're in and all that. Um, so who's really the weaker and who's really the stronger brother? Who's... Um, Who's the the uh, stronger brother when it comes to resisting tyranny? <laughs> uh, you know, th this is kind of an arbitrary uh, designation that they make here on the weaker and the stronger brother. 
And it's, it's, it is a bit out of context here too. I don't think you can take the Adiaphora and just apply it to this. Um, I think that specifically, uh, now, now if you want to say there's a conscience issue and it's specifically about being tempted into violating your conscience, uh, but, um, you know, some people that, that would be the violation of conscience. They really want to take a stand against this intrusion and they believe that putting the mask on would be against their conscience. What do you say to them? So that doesn't work. Uh, number four, to use freedom for the sake of the gospel. Now, this one's got to be, this is so typical gospel coalition, right, to say this. American Christians are sometimes prone to understanding freedom in a way more shaped by the U.S. Constitution rather than by the Bible. Okay, well, show me where the Bible and the U.S. Constitution are in disagreement. But it's no knock on the beauty and legitimacy of man-made freedoms to suggest that Scripture sometimes calls us to give up these freedoms. Okay, man-made freedoms. Yeah, this, this person does not understand our system of government. It's not supposed to be based on man-made freedoms. That's the very concept of an inalienable right, is that this isn't, come, this isn't from man, this is from God, and this is something that actually is worth defending, even with your life at times, and that has happened. So this is basic uh, just fail uh, from the beginning. Um, Paul uh, seems to give up his freedom for the sake of loving others. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win some, win more, win more of them. Uh, and that's in 1 Corinthians 8, in 1 Corinthians 9, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people, that I might win some uh, for the sake of the gospel. Uh, so they're saying this is, there's missional power in this. Now let's go, let's real quick, let's go to 1 Corinthians 8. Um, See what verses uh, 13, 19, 20. So let's start uh, verse. Let's see. Um, do I say the. Uh, we'll go back up. This is my defense to those who would examine me. This is uh, verse 3, 1 Corinthians 9. Do we have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife? As do the other apostles and brothers of the Lord and Cephas. Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living? So he's, what's he talking about there? Uh, that he has the right to work, to work for a living. Um, who serves as a soldier at his own expense, plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit, or tends a flock without getting some of the milk? Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the name, uh, say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox as it treads out the grain. Interesting that he brings up a case law from the Old Testament. I wonder if the Old Testament case laws on quarantine and sickness would apply. Hmm. Does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our, our sake because the plowman should plow in hope that the thresher thresh in hope for sharing the crop. If we have sown spiritual things among you, it is too much if we reap material things from you. If others share this rightful claim on you, do not we even more. Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. So what are they saying here? They deserve to get paid, <laughs> to put it bluntly. They have the right to get paid. They've worked, but they're actually going to forego that in, in some respect here. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple? So he's constantly, he's arguing this. In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get, get their living by, from the guy of the gospel. But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I willing these things to secure any such provision. For I would rather die than anyone deprive me uh, of my ground for boasting, for I preach the gospel. So here, here's, um, here's the main thing. Let's see. He goes to verse 19. For the, though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. 
To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became as under the law. So he, what he's trying to do is not cause an offense to the customs that would offend the Jews. Uh, that's the I have become all things to all people. I'm, I'm trying to not become an unnecessary offense to people. And, you know, for the Jews, uh, you know, that might mean that that's doing things that would be contrary to uh, their uh, the things that they would have grown up with in their their civil, not their civil, but their ceremonial law. Things that made them distinctly Jewish. Uh, so his main point in this whole passage, though, is like, you know, here, here's why I am foregoing things that I know, and it's a personal choice of, of his, things that would be due to me, things that would be natural for me to claim as my own. I'm, I'm not going to do that because I have a higher goal and a purpose here. Now, is this a universal call? Do you see that in what I just read? A universal call to surrender on principle all some rights that exist, all, all the ability to provide for yourself. Uh, the, that's a responsibility God has given us. And Paul's obviously fulfilling that in another way. He was a tent maker. So he's, it's not like um, he's not still working somewhere, but he's, he's choosing himself not to take a, a payment for preaching the gospel when he, was, he would be within his rights to do so. And uh, that's a donation is what that is. I mean, we do this all the time in other ways, donating your time, donating your work. Um, someone could accuse you of wanting to do something for sordid gain. Have you ever had that? Someone say, well, you're just getting an advantage off of something. And you say, okay, no, look, I'll, I'll prove to you that's not what I'm doing. I, and I don't want to cause an offense. I actually care for you. I'm not trying to get anything from you. And, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but that's not a, a, you know, right. That's not a concession that rights are man-made. And it's also not a concession uh, a universal concession that rights must always be given up for the weaker brother or something. That would make the weaker brother actually the stronger brother, because then the stronger brother is the one that can make you always give up your rights no matter what, because all he has to say is, uh, my conscience is offended. I mean, this is how the social justice warriors do what they do. I'm, I, I'm offended by that. You got to rip that down. You got to fire that person. You got to, were they the weaker brother or the stronger brother, right? So, um, so this is kind of, uh, in my opinion, an out-of-context argument to make this, uh, you know, freedom for the sake of the gospel. So, so here's the jump. Uh, there's a lot at stake for Christian witness during COVID. We want the unbelieving world to look at Christians as, uh, we don't want them to look at us as reckless virus super spreaders. So in other words, the perception that they have, we should not correct that perception. We instead need to um, make sure that we are living within the boundaries of the prevailing narrative which, of course, comes from people who want to enact the Great Reset and want all sorts of things that we would disagree with as Christians, but I digress. We need to go along with that because of the reputation. Now, there are times, uh, wisdom would dictate, there are times uh, that you, you have to choose your battles, <laughs> and that's very true, and you can't fight everything all at once, and so you're going to choose not to uh, make an issue out of one thing because there are other things, there are 10 other things you need to do. That's a practical, uh, you know, situation. That's a an assessment that you make in a situation. But this is not um, <clears throat> this is not a situation where you know you're um, where you should feel forced into. I must go against. If you have the conviction, I do. I must go against what I know to be. 
scientifically valid. I must go against uh, what I perceive to be a threat from civil institution, the government. Um, and I, I have to all do this because of a fake narrative I don't believe in. Instead, actually, maybe you would have an, an opportunity if you weren't wearing the mask in a certain situation to explain to someone why you're not doing it. Now, if that person's paranoid, you may not get that opportunity. But this is uh, th these four arguments, in my opinion, fail. Uh, they're not rooted in, in anything. I mean, it, it would be more interesting if you wanted to make a biblical argument here. What would actually be interesting would be to go back to looking at what Scripture says about uh, well, about the, bear, the, the boundaries of government authority, about um, going back to the Old Testament, find out wh what, what, what do you do in the case of disease. Um, I, I, I would think uh, actually link, like this article does not do so, but link to actual data that could give people some, some good information about whether or not the masks are helping or not. Um, it doesn't touch on any of the actual uh, issues that are causing people to disagree with one another, that are causing this fault line to emerge. It, it's, it's sidestepping all of them, which is what Gospel Coalition does. They sidestep issues that are controversial and try to take this supposed third way. But it always ends up being taking the side somehow of the, the progressives. <laughs> if you practically do what the progressives do, they just give you try to give you different logic for getting there. But that's the effect of it. So um, that's my assessment of this article, Four Reasons to Wear a Mask, Even If You Hate It. And um, I, uh, I, I will be coming out with something, Lord willing, soon on this. If, if, the, if evangelicals and Southern Baptists in particular can, can kind of cool it down for a little bit with the, uh, the social justice fight, that would be nice. Uh, and I will try to, to get to this. Because I know this is where you guys are at. You're, you're facing these kinds of questions. And many of you have already thought through them. Um, but I'm giving you raw, just off the top of my head, shooting from the hip. This is what I think of this whole issue. So hopefully that was helpful to you in some way. God bless. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.